and welcome to the Hearth and Hedge podcast. My name is Amberly, And I am Margot, and we are very happy to have you. For sure. <laughs> uh, it feels like we haven't done this in a really long time. I know. I was like, what do I do to get ready for this? <laughs> I was setting up all my equipment in my laptop like, well, I remember this, I think. I think yeah. I used to do this. If Sorry. Right. If, you're, if you're wondering what we are talking about, uh, Amberly and I um, did a lot of back-to-back recordings prior to the Scottish Games and Anahata's Purpose so that we could uh, be free for a couple weeks to do the fun things, but mm-hmm. not screw up and miss any episodes. So we haven't actually right. recorded for a while. And this is our first recording post-Anahata's Purpose. I know. <sighs> How was your week, your first week back from the purpose? Um, well, I slept for most of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. um, it was good. You know, going back to work and, you know, joining the real world again is always uh, rough um, after any vacation. But it seems like it's worse after Anahata's. Absolutely. It's really hard. It's really hard to just like go back to work, go back to regular life, try and remember all the things that you learned and integrate them into your day to day when you're sad because you miss friends that you only get to see that one time once per year because they live all over the country. Right. But it was still an awesome experience and I took some amazing workshops and, uh, I learned a lot of great things and I had a lot of great memories that I made with friends. And I got to say, I got to say, if you are listening and you were at the full moon ritual, fuck yeah. <laughs> that was amazing. That turnout blew my bird. Ugh. Oh my gosh. Yes. That was amazing. That was so incredible. We were, uh, we were kind of in panic mode for a little bit because we were setting up we had to we had to set up and get ready of course and what naturally always happens is you think you have plenty of time and you plan accordingly but then you realize that you know you're short on time and you have to rush around so I I was in rushing head down do the work panic mode and I think when it finally hit me and I was on my way to the hearth and hedge tent to get everything started and I realized just how many people there were waiting at the hearth and hedge tent. Mm-hmm. I, I, it was a combination of having your stomach fall out of your ass mm-hmm. and having your heart grow three sizes. Yes, <laughs> yes, that's that's an accurate description. <laughs> it was so yeah. awesome. It was so awesome, and that, and we've gotten a lot of feedback from people who really, really enjoyed it and yeah. really loved the experience. Um, and I want to give my feedback. Like, I love you for coming and for participating and just, I can't, I can't even express how, how overjoyed I was about the turnout. Yeah, I agree. It was absolutely just mind blowing. Yeah. I was a little Um, sad. I was a little bit sad because we did not realize we were going to have such an amazing turnout. So we we had, what, 120 bottles mm-hmm. um, and a little over 100 of the brochures that I made. Um, and then the turnout was incredible. So I, I'm a little sad that we um, couldn't accommodate everyone, but 
as our first go, like, you know, when you do something for the first time, it's almost like uh, a like a beta testing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and you work out the kinks. So we immediately with Rachel started discussing how we can make it better next year, yeah. little improvements we can make. So I'm really excited to just grow this thing. Yeah, that was absolutely amazing. Um, and then <laughs> it was so bizarre to walk into the circle and everyone just cheered. I was like, <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> yeah, you you were a little bit ahead of me and I heard the cheering and, and then I was like, is that is that for us? And then I heard your voice. I heard you actually say, I'm waiting for my co-host. And I was like, holy shit, that is for us. And then I started picking up the pace. And the circle was like kind of closed around you. So I was mm-hmm. just like, uh, I got to get in there. And I was like, hi, guys. And people turned and looked at me and like parted and let me into the circle. And I was like, this is this is this is this is a new and different and weird and amazing experience for sure. Yeah. Woodsy. <laughs> Woodsy let us in. Uh, and she walked in and said, here's our amazing leaders. And they just it was just bizarre. I mean, like. I was a dancer and I was on theater and, you know, Mm -hmm. people clapped for my performances, but it was like, you had to, that was just weird. (laughs) Yeah. Same. I, um, I guess the only thing I can compare it to is I sang in, I sang in chorus. So we did a lot of performances, Mm -hmm. especially like holiday performances at the mall. Um, and I was an athlete, so I, you know, I've, I've had people cheering, you know, for me before, but that I, there's no comparison. There's yeah, no comparison. Absolutely different. Um, and, uh, humbling. Mm-hmm. Absolutely humbling. And the so. ritual itself, <sighs> like something around 200 people howling at the moon. I mean, yes. I'm, I'm getting chills right now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was amazing. Um, so much. There was just so much energy. And then Corey from Corey's Cauldron uh, was playing his hand drum. I loved that. I loved yeah, that. That was great. It was a great addition. I was. I couldn't. I couldn't pick him out in the crowd. I could hear the drumming, and I was trying, but like my eyes were straining, and there was like adrenaline coursing through my body, so mm-hmm. I couldn't really focus on any single like individuals in in the crowd. Um, but if I could have, I would have said, just keep going, just keep going. Cause I'm, I, I love it. I'm feeling it. Yeah. Yeah. It I think he was off to like, I think he was like almost at the waterfall. Okay. That's what it sounded like. It was incredible. I loved it. Yeah. I loved it so much. Yeah. So if you were there, thank you for coming. And yeah, thank you. Um, we love you. Yeah, we do. The rest of Anahatas was pretty great too. I was, I unfortunately spent most of my time not feeling well <laughs> because it was a lot hotter this year and humidity really messes up my autoimmune disease. So I, of course, had a flare up of my autoimmune disease. So that kind mm-hmm. of dampered my, I didn't take any classes. Oh, okay. I was wondering how many workshops you took because I, the basically you go to Anahata's Purpose I know it sounds like it's this amazing gathering of witches and we all just like dance under the moon and and to a certain extent, kind of. Um, But really you go (laughs) to do a lot of self-work. You go, Mm -hmm. you know, and you you take workshops and you participate and you enjoy music and good food. 
And the social aspect and the the beautiful community aspect is kind of a bonus of that. So once you're there, you definitely spend a lot of time throughout each day kind of losing touch with people. You'll cross paths with them or maybe you'll Mm -hmm. take a workshop together. But chances are, you know, you'll just reconnect over a meal or after the day is done at music or at your cabin or your campsite. So I wasn't really sure because a lot of the time I was just like, oh, I have a workshop. You know, I'll see who's there. I'll see who's there. Right. But um, I actually ended up taking a lot of workshops. That's awesome. I'm glad. Um, yeah. Yeah. I went to the Waba podcast, live podcast. I'm sad I missed the two Geminis and a Leo one. But um, phenomenal. I know. I was looking at like the the excerpts. That looked, it looked amazing. You did such um, a great job. Kudos to you three. Yeah, for sure. You guys are amazing. Uh, I heard nothing but great things about it. What was the, I did like another thing. Well, I did the ritual. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw you there. Uh, yeah, I saw you there too. <laughs> um, I watched the Highland Games this year, which I didn't do last year. Woodsy and I sat down and ate, ate dinner while we watched it. Nice. So, yeah. Yeah, there was another thing that I did, but I don't remember what it is. Basically, what I did the whole week was just forest bathing. I was taking in all the terpenes, and um, and that was that was good too. I mean, yeah. sometimes that's spiritual enough. Absolutely. Um, for a lot of people who are returning to Anahata's purpose, um, the the campground, Camp Anaba, where it takes place, almost feels like a home away from home. Yeah. Um, and reconnecting with the nature all around you is is amazing medicine. Amazing medicine. Yeah, a, for sure. A lot. I'm so excited, too, for Rachel because last year was my first year and there was a great turnout last year. This year mm-hmm. was a, a huge turnout. Yeah. Uh, it's amazing. So it, it's exciting when something that you care about so much is growing and expanding and you get to experience yeah. it and participate in it. I love that. For sure. And um, the bean fire was crazy huge. It was gigantic. Um, so the followers of the Witch Veggie Amateur Hour are called Beans. And we had a meetup on Friday night. And last year it was like 40 people. Mm-hmm. And this year it was like 140 people. <laughs> and it was so overwhelming. It was like almost impossible to form any real relationships there because there was just so much going on but it was pretty cool seeing that group of people just together yeah it was fun it was fun I uh, unfortunately didn't make it to the bean fires last year because I was exhausted and going to sleep at like 8 30 9 p.m at night Mm -hmm. um so this year was my first bean fire what I what I gather from last year, from what I've heard from the people who attended, that it was more of like an intimate gathering and a lot of like singing and talking around the fire. Um, this bean fire very much felt like a like a party in the woods. It was right like a party. It was so cool. There was a screen playing. Uh, I think I think the first thing that played was Practical Magic, mm-hmm. and but there was like music playing and a big fo- bonfire and just people you know sharing snacks and there was the exchange which was like where you just bring anything that you have at home, like books, tarot decks, oracle decks, uh, tools. Any people made things, 
and there was an exchange uh, happening in the pavilion. Uh, it was just a lot. It was a lot going on, and it was a lot of fun, and uh, it was a good turnout. Yeah, I brought a couple decks that I don't really relate, or I didn't relate to. They're gone now, but um, and I brought one of my quilts. Mm-hmm. And Tabitha was like, I really want to take that quilt, but I don't want to be greedy. I was like, take the quilt. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I'm, I'm glad it went to a good home. And I got yeah. like the sweetest thank you on Marco from Soren and Charlotte. Aw, that's so cute. I know. <laughs> it was adorable. Yeah. So I'm really, I'm really pleased that, uh, that it went to a good home and I can go visit it every once in a while. Yeah, that is cool. I contributed, I contributed mostly books, uh, like mm-hmm. double doubles um, that I had and some tea strainers. I can't remember. A couple a couple random things. But there was a, a wide variety of items that people were trading and, and, sw- and, and swapping and it was really cool. Yeah, it was super cool. I should have gone back over to see what was left later on, but I just, I, I snatched up some books, some of the ones that you brought. I got a new Oracle deck mm-hmm. and I guess that's it. Yeah. There was a good amount of stuff. So, um, at, at one point I was kind of done and I feel like, um, the people that were camping with us all seemed kind of done too. Just yeah. So we went back to uh, where we were camping and sat around. Some people went to bed. Some people just sat and talked quietly. And then eventually I heard the music stop over at where the bean fire was. Mm-hmm. So I went back um, because I had helped set up for the exchange. And I just wanted to make sure that there wasn't a bunch of just stuff everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was a good amount of stuff left, but um, the the beans that were staying in that immediate area in the cabins were boxing it up uh, with the nice. intention with the intention of bringing it out it out again a couple more times before the end of the weekend to make mm-hmm. sure that people got you know got some stuff. So that was really really cool of them. Wonderful, that's great. Yeah, it's nice that people just kind of take it upon themselves to be helpful. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what it's about. For sure. <sighs> now we're home. I know. It's boring here. <laughs> <laughs> it's always nice to get back to the comfort of home and to take that long, hot shower mm-hmm. and, you know, see see your pets and your loved ones. That's, like, always a comfort. But then once that's over with, then it sets in, like, oh, it's done. <laughs> yeah. I'm really thankful that we have Marco though, because we can still, I mean, we only physically are in the presence of each other once a year, but we do see each other every day, (laughs) which is nice. So what are we doing today? Well, today is, um, our Maybon episode. The autumn Um, equinox. Yes. Uh, Maybon is celebrated normally from September 21st to September 29th. The actual autumnal equinox this year is on September 22nd. 22nd. Yes. So All right. I have a question before we crack into it, though. Okay. What are you drinking? Oh, uh, I'm still having some coffee. Uh, it's Well, we got started at around 11 a.m., and I drink coffee for a long time. 
Uh, I drink it slow and I reheat it many times, (laughs) as I've said before. Um, This morning I woke up and I realized I was out of creamer and I tried to drink my coffee black. Um, And if you, if anyone listening likes black coffee, then um, you are superhuman because this was slow torture for me. It was slow torture. It was so bad that my my husband actually took one look at me and went out and got me some creamer. (laughs) What a great husband he is. Um, So I'm still working on my coffee. In your little pumpkin mug. In my pumpkin mug. I love it. Yes. Nice. How about you? What are you drinking? I'm actually drinking uh, macadamia nut tea chino, uh, which is that like mushroom um, chicory fake coffee stuff. But it's really, really yummy. Yeah, it's delish with a little bit of cream in it and uh, some coconut sugar. Cool. Very cool. All right. So should we crack into the autumn equinox? For sure. Why don't you start us off? Let's do this. This makes me so happy. I fucking love fall. All right. Mm-hmm. So the autumn equinox, also referred to as Maybon, uh, harvest home, etc., is an important seasonal change and the second harvest. It is a time when the sun shines equally on both hemispheres and the lengths of night and day are equal. From now, however, the nights will begin to be longer than the days up until the longest night at the winter solstice. So I want to start off by talking a little bit about astrology real quick. Modern culture relies on astrology much more than some people realize. Uh, While many believe that astrology is just a mechanism for describing our inherent personalities and casting predictions for our day-to-days, it does much more than that. We tell time by it. Uh, as uh, And such is the case with many holidays and seasonal changes like the autumnal equinox, which takes place when the sun enters Libra. Uh, it's very appropriate considering Libra is represented by the scales, and during the first day of fall, night and day are, again, perfectly balanced, uh, before tipping in favor of night, of course. The sign of Libra represents level-headedness, balance, and careful judgment, That is a notion that I will be circling back to later on in the episode when I talk about the tarot correspondence. So, in Wiccan lore, Maybon is a festival of sacrifice and of the dying god, and tribute is paid to the sun and the fertile earth. It is often referred to in this context as pagan thanksgiving, where thanks is given uh, not just for food, but for the sacrifices necessary for survival. Uh, Maybon as a Sabbath in the Wiccan Wheel of the Year which is a name coined by Aidan Kelly by his own account, uh, is primarily based on a British worldview with the equinoxes happening in September and March and the solstices occurring in December and June. And while there's nothing wrong with that, uh, if you live in that area or region um, or a region that is similar in climate, there actually are some areas in North America that do in fact resemble it. Religions based in nature must honor shifting seasons as they pertain to their own respective locations and cultural influences. So while it's fun to keep a schedule of holidays, it's also important to make them work for you and your immediate surroundings. Um, This is the way ancient peoples did it, and it's the way most modern pagans and witches do it as well. 
So in that respect, uh, let's dive into some history, folklore, and mythology associated with the autumnal equinox from different regions. I wish that I could feed mine and your brains with all the things, but uh, this will be concise. I encourage everyone to dive into some research on the holidays that they celebrate, uh, not just in their own cultural contexts, but respectfully in a worldwide context as well. So here we go. So harvest festivals, they celebrate both the finished work of the season and the capacity to survive winter. Let's go to ancient Greece. The Eleusinian Mysteries was a sacred harvest festival celebrated in ancient Greece that is very shrouded in mystery. Archaeologists and historians over time have been able to piece together some of the practices, but a lot of it remains unknown including exactly why it's so shrouded in secrecy to begin with. So here is some of what we do know. The mysteries are rooted in the story of Demeter and Persephone, or Kor. So this is a well-known tale. Um, The short and sweet version of it is uh, of Hades kidnapping Persephone and taking her to the underworld, followed by Demeter refusing to let anything grow on Earth until her beloved daughter was returned to her. Uh, resulting in Zeus demanding of Hades that he return her to her mother. Uh, But Persephone in the underworld by this time had consumed six pomegranate seeds and therefore had become part of the kingdom of the dead and could not return. So a partial release was negotiated uh, that Persephone could ascend to the land of the living every spring, but must return in autumn to rule the dead beside her husband. That is the short and sweet version. There's a lot more detail in that story, but just giving it to you quickly. Okay. Just an aside, uh, maybe episode two or three, we actually went into the full story. So if you want to learn more, shameless plug. Okay, so the ancient Greeks took the Eleusinian mysteries very seriously. Uh, With the Festival of the Greater Mysteries happening once every four years in Eleusis and lasting nine to ten days. Uh, Always beginning with the full moon before the autumn equinox. During a procession at the beginning of the festival, farmers carried a sacred basket in consecrated carts while chanting Hail Demeter and likely continued with an animal sacrifice, um, a pregnant sow to be exact. Hmm. Symbols of the Eleusinian mysteries include grain and seeds, which are also symbols of modern pagan harvest traditions. Okay, let's shift over to ancient China. And I'm going to jump around here a bit um, to cover a few different regions. Unfortunately, there's no way I can cover them all. But the Chinese Mooncake Festival. One ancient legend about the moon is the basis for the Chinese celebration of the fall equinox. During the Zhu dynasty over 3,000 years ago, people worshipped the harvest moon in autumn in the hopes that it would bring a plentiful harvest in the year to come. Mooncakes were eaten during the festivities that occurred during the harvest moon ceremonies. Now, the Chinese Mid-Autumn Festival in New York City is one of the larger celebrations of Chinese culture in the U.S. Many Chinese cultural centers in New York, including the China Institute, work together to put on a free event to celebrate the autumn equinox. Mooncakes are served along with other snacks, and kids can participate in traditional Chinese games and art projects. That sounds awesome. Yeah, sounds really cool. We should do that next year. Mm, Yeah, okay. Why not? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Moving on to ancient (laughs) Druids. The festival of the autumn equinox in Druidry is called Alban Elfid, which according to Druidry.com means the light of the water. 
Alban Elfid celebrates the balance of day and night before the balance swings and night overtakes day. To quote Druidry.org, At this time, our ancestors saw the sun, for the first time in half a year, be unable to outshine the dark. Although he still shines with strength, his strength grows weaker as the days grow shorter. Today, he holds the darkness in equal measure to the light, but he is struck in his season with the wound of time, and from day to day the darkness will grow as the Lord of Light sinks into his age, for the wound is grievous and will not heal. This is a time of farewell and gratitude for the summer that has been. At this time, our ancestors saw the lady who is the spirit of the land stand before her people with the full bounty of her harvest. Here is the reward of labor and reverence of the land. This is the fulfilled promise of the days of spring and summer. This is the reckoning of the year. For harvest is now complete and the portions are set to feed folk and animals through the cold, dark days that lie ahead. This is the time of wonder and gratitude for the gifts the lady showers down upon her people. Okay. Moving along to Michaelmas and Goose Day. <laughs> Michaelmas, or the Feast of St. Michael, is widely celebrated by Catholics and residents of the UK. The first known celebration of the day dates back to the year 1011. September 29th became both a harvest celebration and a day to honor the Archangel Michael. It was also a time for taking stock, hiring help, and settling debts. In the Middle Ages, residents owed rent to the landlords four times a year, and Michaelmas was one of those days. In many locations, residents would gift their landlord a goose in order to ensure that they could renew the lease, and this goose became a staple main dish for the feasts of St. Michael. This celebration was intended to replace Harvest Home. Harvest Home was the feast that happened after the reapers cut the last sheaf. It had other names, including the Feast of Ingathering, Horky, or the Reaper's Electoral Feast, which I like. Uh, it included a dinner in which landowners sat down with those who worked their land and was concluded with wage negotiations. Um, that would give me too much anxiety to be able to eat. I mean, right. wow. <laughs> <laughs> I got to ask for more, more money. Don't, don't, no, I'm passing on the goose. As most residents of a village worked the Lord of the Manor's land, it was typically a village-wide celebration. As the Christian church became dominant in Europe, Harvest Home celebrations changed only a little, but adopted new Christian names such as Michaelmas. All right, so back to the name Maybon and where it comes from. I actually have uh, a page that I just want to read on that detail. Mm -hmm. And this is from... Llewellyn Sabbath Essentials, Maybon, Rituals, Recipes, and Lore for the Autumn Equinox. It is Aidan Kelly, by his own account, who christened the modern pagan Autumn Equinox celebration as Maybon. Before this, practitioners of pagan religion simply called this seasonal holiday the Fall or Autumnal Equinox. The early Wiccans celebrated the major fire festivals with the quarter Sabbaths observed at the nearest full moon. When Kelly initiated into Wicca, Sabbath celebrations involved a ritual followed by a feast during each of the four major fire festivals, Imbolc, Beltane, Lunasa, and Samhain. Since the four fire festivals had Celtic names, Kelly attempted to balance them with Saxon names for the solar quarter festivals of equinoxes and solstices. Unfortunately, he could not find an ancient Saxon holiday name that quite fit the themes of the Wiccan autumn equinox. 
Kelly did find that the Eleusinian mysteries fit the emotional role desired, but he did not want to throw a Greek name into the already established Celtic Saxon theme. Scheme. Theme. Uh, (laughs) Since he could not find a Saxon name, he resorted to neighboring Celtic resources. Kelly looked to the tale of Mabon, A.P. Modron, Uh, the name meaning son of the mother, for what he saw as the thematic parallel to Kor, which meant daughter of the mother. He saw a spiritual link in the quintessential mother goddess having her child stolen, while Kelly drew spiritual inspiration for the holiday from the Eleusinian Mysteries. He used the name Mabon from the Celts for at least partially naming consistency in the Sabbaths. Interesting. Yeah. So um, it's actually uh, kind of a a topic of, I'll say, discussion, sometimes heated discussion about whether or not the name Mabon is valid for the autumnal right. equinox for that reason. That's okay. fair. Yeah. So finally, before I wrap up with this section, um, there's one last important symbol that I want to discuss, and that is the apple. Apple trees hold extremely important symbolism during the autumn and winter seasons and can be found all over the world. They were first cultivated in Central Asia from a wild ancestor. Today, there are over 7,000 different varieties, not all of which are edible. During early America's westward expansion, settlers were required by law to grow apple or pear trees on their property. It was called the Grow an Orchard of 50 Trees requirement. You know, pretty pretty self-explanatory. (laughs) Much of the resulting fruit was not fit for eating, but could be turned into hard cider and Applejack, which is a type of very strong brandy. Have you ever had Applejack? I have not. It is is exactly very strong brandy. (laughs) So I don't know if I would love it. Maybe it has to be mixed with something made into uh, possibly like put into a cider. It would be good in like, um, yeah, some kind of mixed drink, but it it is intense. So apples show up in both mythology and folktales. Most of us are familiar with the evil queen who poisons Snow White with the venomous apple that causes near eternal slumber, but not every story involving the apple is negative. The apple is often portrayed as the fruit produced by the tree of knowledge, which is then eaten by even Adam in the Bible's Garden of Eden. Eating that apple gets the biblical pear kicked out of Eden, but gives them the ability to discern from good and evil. In most monotheistic traditions, this is seen as a negative, but Christian Gnostics viewed the eating of the apple as essential for awakening humanity's collective consciousness. The famous Trojan War is the result of a particularly beautiful or perhaps cursed apple. Upset at not being invited to a wedding feast, the goddess Eris tossed a golden apple into the party inscribed with the words, for the most beautiful. This apple of discord sparked an argument between Aphrodite, Athena, and Hera over just who was the most beautiful and could thus claim the apple. Too wise to make such a judgment himself, the god Zeus appointed the city of Troy's prince Paris to render a decision on the most beautiful goddess. Paris chose Aphrodite, and she rewarded Paris with the love of Helen, the most beautiful mortal woman in the world, who was already married to King Menelaus of Sparta, thus sparking the hostilities between Greece and Troy. In Norse mythology, the goddess Edun, also spelled Idun and Edun, Y-D-U-N, 
was the goddess of apples and eternal youth. Eden guarded the cultivate guarded and cultivated the apples and kept the Norse gods forever young. Not surprisingly, the other gods were very protective of her. It's possible that in some way it's Eden who inspired the popular phrase, an apple a day keeps the doctor away. The most famous apple goddess is probably Pomona, the Roman goddess of orchards and fruit. Pomona's name literally means fruit and comes from the Latin word for fruit, pomus. In French, the apple is still linked directly to Pomona, where it's known as palma. In one of the few words I remember from high school French class. Pomona's <laughs> first day was November 1st, just after Samhain, which may be why apples are still part of many Samhain and fall gatherings. Apples are often associated with divination, especially in fall, when they are most abundant. In Great Britain, it is believed that slicing an apple at midnight on Halloween would result in the image of a future lover appearing in a mirror. Similar traditions suggest sleeping with an apple under a pillow in order to see a future love in a dream. The apple is then eaten the morning after to make the dream come true. So if you don't want that dude, throw that bitch out the window. Fucking uh, amen. <laughs> all games such as bobbing for apples began as a form of divination. In the original Scottish version, a bobber who ended up with a mouthful of apple was destined to be wed within a year. Perhaps a favorite way to celebrate with apples in the fall is to serve them during rituals and proclaim them the witch's fruit. The most common symbol in witchcraft, the pentagram, or five-pointed star, is naturally a part of most apples. Cut an apple in half at its midline, the top of the apple being the stem, and you'll reveal the pentagram for all to see. For this reason, and dozens of others, apples and their goodness are popular with witches and pagans every autumn. Hail the apple! absolutely and that is from the sabbats almanac llewellyn's sabbats almanac 2022 wonderful and that wraps up history folklore and mythology awesome i'm gonna jump into uh my normal sitch dealing you know spending time with your family on the sabbats word up uh so as you said uh before many pagans see this time of year the autumn equinox as a time for giving thanks. Uh, if you're one of the many people uh, who feel the negativity behind the American Thanksgiving, this is a great time for you to practice giving thanks for what you are blessed without the association of the massive mistreat mistreatment, appropriation, and genocide of American Indians. Uh, this time of year, the weather is changing and some can even smell or the autumn coming. Yesterday morning, I went to let the dogs in. I kind of stepped outside and it just, you can smell it. You can feel it. The mm -hmm. light's different. Like you pointed out yesterday, it's just yeah. crazy. And when I let the dogs out, even though the temperature hadn't changed, it just felt like fall. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait, a minute. wait, 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 wait. Who, who let the dogs out? Who, who let the dogs out? <laughs> oh, God. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. You're fired. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, I don't know if you've ever noticed, but even the call of the crow seems a little bit different in the fall. Hmm. I have different birds visiting my feeders, and I always feel super excited at this time of year. Uh, soon it will be soup weather and sweater weather. Uh, the humidity will go away. Thank 
god and yeah. goddess and oh my god i fucking hate humidity um and being outside will actually bear, be bearable again i think most folks especially those who follow our path love this time of year it's spooky season it's the time of year when we can once again buy buy our home decor <laughs> <laughs> I've got bins and bins in the basement and I, I've been meaning to go pull them out and put my decorations out. And every year I still buy more. It's actually out of control, but it is, I do the same thing. And actually I I keep some of mine out all year year. because it's also the time of year when we can drink copious amounts of tea (laughs) without sweating, (laughs) um, hot tea. So here are some of the things you can do with your children to celebrate the season or just your family in general. It doesn't have to be children. Um, make a corn dolly. If you didn't grow your own corn, you can find corn husks in the international food aisle as they are used for making tamales. Um, and they're super fun to make and it's a great way to, uh, to celebrate. I love corn dolls. Um, they're so cute. I know. I do too. And yours is beautiful. <laughs> You can make an Equinox altar, which I mean, most of us do anyway, but take a hike with your kids or your family and pick up things that speak of the season, apples, leaves, pine cones, acorns. You can visit an area farm and pick up some pumpkins, squash, gourds, etc. You can decorate your altar with the objects you found and add some seasonal spices and colors for added beauty. A great uh, practice for the altar is to have your family each fill out a slip slip or two of paper with the things that they are thankful for and place them in a jar. The jar can then be placed on the altar for the duration of the season. Nice. You can harvest. Gather the rest of your crops. uh, Put up your produce and herbs. Can, pickle, freeze, dry. uh, Make jams, jellies, and pies. Make brunies, which are um, oatmeal gingerbread cookies Hmm. um, and they're delicious make uh do do baking do the baking all the baking (laughs) it is the season of baking (laughs) um everyone loves to bake right Uh, i mean (laughs) i mean everyone loves to eat baked goods oh that's fair that's fair i love to bake (laughs) um it's also a great time to plant your fall crops um, so your winter kale and all of those sorts of things, it's time to put them in the ground. You can put in your garlic, mm-hmm. uh, for next year's garlic, uh, crops. Uh, you can leave offerings of berries, fruits, flowers, herbs, and nuts outside for the land spirits. Um, I love this one. Make a scarecrow. Oh, And have one of the kids or someone in the family carry the scarecrow to the garden with a flourish. Uh, You can make a parade or sing a song. And when the scarecrow is planted in the garden, everyone says, praise be the land spirits for a bountiful harvest. I really, I really want that to happen in front of all the neighbors. Just to say. I'll come do it with you. (laughs) One of my favorite things uh, that we used to do when I lived in New Mexico was go to the burning of Zozobra. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if you've heard of that, but Zozobra is a 50 foot tall marionette. Wow. Um, 
Zozobra is from the Spanish word for pain or despair. And the effigy is burned, symbolizing the release of all worries and frustrations of the year. Uh, you can make your own little effigy to burn. Have your bonfire and, you know, burn a, a little Zozobra for yourself. Uh, I, would, I would say make it a little bit smaller than 50 feet, though. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's wise. Yes, yes. Especially if you live in a dry climate, we don't want this. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Okay. okay. Uh, so one of the last things that I found, this is actually uh, directly from Llewellyn Sabbath Essentials, the Maybon edition. Uh, I just really loved this. Uh, take the family to the grocery store and have everyone pick out some non-perishables. Be sure to add things like diapers or uh, feminine hygiene products or just hygiene products in general. Uh, and then when you get home, gather around all of these things. You can put them in a basket, but gather around them and say prayers for the recipients of the contents of the basket. Uh, and here is the basket prayer. Hail to the spirit of the land and the spirit of the community. Hail to the goddess who gives all things. We ask that you bless this basket of food and goods meant to help those around us in need. Let each item carry a blessing of good luck, good health, good healing, and bountiful harvests. Let our community be well and strong by your hand and by ours. So mote it be. That is beautiful. Isn't that gorgeous? I was like, well, that's going in there. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. I love that. Yeah. I definitely think that I will be practicing it. Definitely that last part. Yeah. With my family. I want to do that too. I absolutely love that. Okay. So I have correspondences. We will start with intentions. So for intentions for the autumn equinox, I have thanksgiving and gratitude for prosperity, rest, enjoying fruits of the harvest, harmony and balance, a time of giving, celebrating kinship and friendships, a time of introspection, veneration of the land. Uh, for customs and rituals, I have preparing for the literal and symbolic winter, making offerings to the land, appeasing restless spirits and spirits of the land, preserving and protecting wild places and nearby lands, making wine and sharing it with helpful people and spirit guides, sharing personal abundance. For spiritual entities, I have Bacchus, Bast, Bonadea, Cirrus, Kirnunos, Curadwen, the Corn Man and Woman, Dagda, Dea Matrona, Demeter, Dionysus, Epona, Green Man, Hades, Hermes, Hearn, Kor, the Morning Star, Morrigan, St. Michael, Osiris, Persephone, Thor, Thoth, and Venus. For colors, I have burgundy, burnt oranges, cobalt blue, crimson red, gold, indigo, mustard yellows. I absolutely love all those colors. I can't wait to wear them. Stones. Uh, amber, azurite, carnelian, garnet, iolite, jasper, lapis lazuli, peridot, pyrite, sugalite, sunstone, tiger eye, topaz. For botanicals, I have apple, aster, bittersweet, blackberry, cedar, chamomile, or chamomile, chrysanthemum, <laughs> corn, fern, gourds, grains, grapes, 
honeysuckle, hops, ivy, jasmine. You're still laughing at some. I can't help it. I can't. Every time I see it, it it's it's there. I can't not say it. All right, where do I leave off? Hops, ivy, jasmine, marigold, milkweed, mistletoe, oak, oak moss, oats, patchouli, pine, pomegranate, rose, rosemary, rue, saffron, sage, sassafras, Solomon's seal, sunflower, thistle, wheat, willow, witch hazel, and yarrow. And finally, for animals, I have a blackbird or crow, a boar, butterfly, dog, goat, goose, snake, swallow, and swan. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Um, sassafras. <laughs> sassafras. I did want to. Sassafras. I love the way. I love. I just. I love words like that. Sassafras. When I yeah, when I say sassafras, I feel like I should put my foot out and my hands up, like like a like a like I'm about to dance. Sassafras. <laughs> right down the road from me, there's this like area called Passapatansy. I oh. really, really tried to find a house in Passapatansy just so that I could say, "Yep, I live in Passapatansy." I love shit like that. <laughs> it's, it's funny when I. Uh... Um, when I picked up Kim and Casey for uh, Anahata's Purpose, we were driving through some areas of PA and, um, you know, you're just used to the, you're used to the names of places where you're from. And, you know, right. Kim, is, Kim is from Arizona. Um, so places that I don't even think twice about. She was like, how do you say that? It was, it was Kansha Hawken. And to ah. me, to me, Kansha Hawken is uh, like a totally normal everyday thing that I hear about. Right all the time and she's like yeah that's just and i'm like yeah that's um you know in this area those are those that's those are native language words um, i'm not sure what it means but it's just you know regular and i'm just like i never even considered that concha hawken is a str- strange word so yeah right passapatanzi passapatanzi yeah when i moved here i mean i'm from the southwest like like Kim. And so everything is like Spanish word to me. So there's this little place down the road called Aquaya, but it's absolutely spelled like Aki. <laughs> so that's how I was saying it. My husband was like, that is not, that is not how you say that. Um, there's, there's some weird, weird words out here. Yeah. It's, it's because the, I guess the local the local community develops a way of saying things you know that might end up being completely separate from the root mm-hmm. like it, if it actually it probably started off as a Spanish word, but the mm-hmm. community started saying it a certain way and that that's all there is to it because i I definitely pronounce things in my head the way they would sound in Spanish because. Right. It's just uh, that's probably the only part of the Spanish language that still remains. Mm-hmm. with me because unfortunately it's a lost language for me but I still like like double L's they sound different in my head the way I will say them out loud but yeah right. it's, it's, it's interesting yeah like down the road while well, you were with me in the car and I was saying oh and this is Sophia Street and you're like is it <laughs> but it's absolutely spelled Sophia <laughs> like mm-hmm. I don't know why we call it Sophia Street I didn't make that decision by the way <laughs> 
All right. Um, so since we're talking about how amazing the apple is, oh. today's recipe is brought to you by the apple. Um, I'm going to tell you, this is also from, or nope, this is from a different place. Okay. Spicy apple chutney mm -hmm. is the recipe I'm sharing today. This is from the Enchanted Kitchen by Gail Busey. Um, such a great book. Such a great book. So, uh, apples are beloved of gods and goddesses across many pantheons. This recipe can be made with nearly any apple, but I will say it would be better with a harder apple uh, rather than the softer varieties like the delicious group, like red delicious and yellow delicious. Bleh, gross. We don't do um, delicious here. We don't do huh? that. We don't do red delicious here. I know. You hear that, Teresa? It's unacceptable. <laughs> it is fucking unacceptable. Um, so like your Honeycrisp would be better or a Granny Smith would be good. Um, something that has a snap to it. Mm -hmm. um, wow, I just almost like drooled all over myself. That was gross. Um, you're welcome. <laughs> um, also things like chutneys are a great way to use up the not so pretty fruits so um if you have apples growing in your yard and some have worms just cut those worms out um you can cut around the wormholes and the bruises and no one will be the wiser uh it's this chutney is great with roast meats grilled dishes um but it also goes really great with bread and cheese and you know i love me some bread and yeah. cheese. Sounds like something that would be amazing in a grilled cheese sandwich. Oh, my God. Immediately, I must make this and mm -hmm. have a grilled cheese sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So here is the recipe. You will get one and one half pound of apples, peeled, cored, and chopped. Two to three large onions, peeled and chopped. Two garlic cloves, peeled and crushed. Two tablespoons of fresh ginger, uh, probably grated, I would go with. Um, you could also use candied ginger. Um, I would probably do that in addition. Uh, two cups of cider vinegar, one cup brown sugar, two teaspoons of salt, one teaspoon yellow mustard seeds, one teaspoon cinnamon, one teaspoon nutmeg, a half teaspoon of cayenne, which is optional, and a half cup of golden raisins. You will combine all the ingredients minus the, the golden raisins in a large heavy bottom saucepan and simmer gently over low heat, stirring frequently until the mixture is thick and soft. But the, the apples should also should still have a little bit of texture. Uh, you're going to cool it, then stir in the raisins and spoon into small sterilized jars and seal. You can process these in a boiling water bath for 20 minutes to increase their shelf life, uh, but refrigerate them after opening. That sounds delicious. Yeah, I think um, I think that's going to be part of my Christmas gifts this year, actually. Mm, that's a great idea. I love that. I love food gifts. Mm-hmm. Love me some food gifts. I've been, oh man, I, get, I need to go grocery shopping. Anyway. <laughs> me too. And clean out my fridge. My husband did not do anything with anything in the fridge while I was gone. So like, it's, it's not good. 
not good. Okay. Well, I've got two spells. Yay! Uh, well, one of them is more of a ritual. Uh, I really liked it. So I decided that I was going to share it here today. It is also from the Sabbath's Almanac for uh, 2022. Nice. It is a frost ritual for strength. Wonderful. This simple working draws upon the strengthening aspects of the cold. It also helps dismantle the idea that cold, darkness, and death are, quote, bad, focusing instead on the positive aspects of an icy frost. Around the autumn equinox, you may start to notice frost forming on the ground overnight and that the strongest plants survive it. This is a perfect opportunity to identify a project, idea, or quality of yourself you'd like to strengthen and incorporate it into a ritual. Some areas of focus is uh, for this working can be your self-confidence, your resilience and health, or any aspect of your life that needs reinforcement. On a night that you know there will be frost, write a word or design a symbol for your concern. Draw the symbol or write the word on a small piece of paper. After dark, place the paper outdoors on the grass. If it's windy, secure it with a stone or a heavy object. As you place the paper on the ground, spend a moment visualizing yourself demonstrating the traits you wish to strengthen in perfect confidence. Leave the paper there overnight. First thing in the morning, go retrieve your frosty paper. Take the paper indoors and let the frost melt, imagining the dampness infusing your symbol with strength and resilience. Stash the paper somewhere private for the winter and allow the strength you need to manifest over the dark months of rest. That's great. I love that. Yeah. I like that a lot because there's too much there's there's too much negativity associated with uh, the darkness and the cold mm -hmm. and the frost and it's absolutely um, something that can be looked at from a new perspective. Yeah, I love the cold and the, well, I like the cold and the frost. Not so much the darkness of winter, but I love the cold. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it gives me permission to just like sit and relax and read. Whereas mm -hmm. during the warmer, lighter months, I feel like I have to go do something. Right. Yeah. Which just seems silly. <laughs> so my next spell is a charm for wisdom. Wisdom is what we call on to make the right decisions, but is sometimes out of reach during times of imbalance. Influence yourself towards wisdom with this charm bag. You will need a small black velvet drawstring bag, uh, five acorns, five rose thorns, an image of a person or thing that represents wisdom to you. Uh, this can be also a charm. I myself have done this spell and I used an owl charm from my nice. uh, jewelry making supplies. Um, you, a handful of sunflower seeds, a three inch square of aluminum foil, mm -hmm. and some clary sage essential oil, um, preferably diluted in a carrier oil. Place the thorns, acorns, and sunflower seeds onto the aluminum foil and say, Herbs, I bless you and awaken the wisdom you have to share with me. Fold the foil into a packet and place it inside the bag, saying, guide me to the wisest choices. Place uh, your image or charm, uh, the symbol of personal wisdom that you have decided on, in the bag and say, help me see what I might miss to question until I truly understand. 
Anoint the outside of the bag with your clary sage oil. Tuck the bag into a clothing pocket or in your handbag and take it out once a week and re-anoint it with the oil. That's wonderful. Yes. Um, And that's actually especially appropriate right now because we are still in the mercury retrograde. Poop. During this, uh, during this season. <laughs> Sorry, <I'm> just poop. <laughs> Actually, we have six planets in retrograde right now. I know, that's insane. So if you're not, um, I said this on Marco, but if you are not currently under the covers screaming and crying, then you're doing great. You're doing a great job. Well done. Do not let me forget that we have some shout outs. Oh, yeah, we do. Me too. All right. Um, I wrote them down at the end of my, my jibby jab. All right. Who said jibby job at Anahatas? Or did I just pull that out of my ass? Because I've been saying it all fucking week. Jibby job? Yeah. I don't remember jibby job. Okay. That might just be, I might have just pulled it out of my bum. Mm-hmm. My bum. Okay. So where am I at? Incense and oil? Yes. I have an incense for you. Nice. <laughs> um, this is from Incenses. Inc- this is from Incense Oils and Brews by Scott Cunningham. Nice. Yes. I mean, I really don't even need another reference book for that. It's pretty complete. Yeah. I, well, I, I specifically love that. He always seems to have a few different for each intention mm-hmm. or, mm-hmm. Um, you know, event. So if you don't have all the ingredients for one, there's another one that you probably might. Or And you're always yeah. encouraged to just experiment with what you for do sure. have. Yeah. For sure. So this is just Maybon incense. It is two parts frankincense, one part sandalwood. One part cypress, one part juniper, one part pine, one half part of oak moss, and one pinch of pulverized oak leaf. Hmm. That is all. I like it. (laughs) Um, And then the oil that I have, um, basically the same kind of situation you can combine frankincense saddle saddle saddlewood you know that good old uh saddlewood sandal did you did you send that to me (laughs) i might have (laughs) what the fuck (laughs) all right um frankincense sandalwood cypress juniper or cedar and pine um these are all essential oils. I'm sorry. Combine those essential oils with a carrier oil. And uh, there you have a nice, lovely Maybon anointing oil or a roll on. Mm, it smells very nice. I feel like that would smell really good. Really, I know. really good. I feel like maybe I'll do that here later on. Yeah. I also like sometimes, um, especially if I am just, you know, going through a phase where I'm just busy with a lot of things and. I'm not going to be using up incense and oil. Like, you know, you make a batch and then you don't use it all. And then it kind of sits 
and you know you think well hopefully it'll still be here next year and mm-hmm. i'll remember what it is and, and all that um, i also like making just um sometimes two different batches of incense and oil one for like the light half of the year and one for like the dark half of the year and you can just bust out your correspondences and come up with that like i just love working with different recipes and coming up with things so much fun. yeah nice that's a great idea actually I was just, when I was talking about that, I was looking up, I have this really huge, amazing reference book. It's by uh, Valerie Ann Warwood. It's the complete book of essential oils and aromatherapy. Mm. It's fucking amazing. And it's not expensive. I think it was like 25 bucks. And that, I mean, it's a thick boy. It's like four inches thick. Ah, okay. I'm I'm telling fishing stories. Four my, inches. Maybe, maybe I'm talking about my penis. I don't know. Um, it's about oh. <laughs> it's about two and a half inches, I would say. But it's fat. It's a fat one. Um, <laughs> Did you get ideas from the last episode and steal one? Is that what's happening here? Oh, maybe. Are you maybe. feeding it oats? <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. Um, anyway, it's great. It's got over 800 recipes in it. So it's pretty amazing. I like that. I love a good reference book. Can never get enough. No, me neither. All right. So I have a fall tarot spread. I really like this one. Um, but I'm going to be challenged in trying to explain what it looks like, uh, how to, you know, lay it out because Mm -hmm. you can't see me. So basically, it looks like a maple leaf. It's it's really cute. Uh, okay. Imagine a, a maple leaf with the leaves spreading out in all different directions. Mm-hmm. You are going to arrange them. There's you need six cards. You're going to put six cards face up, and you're going to arrange them in the pattern pattern of a maple leaf. With the first card being in the top. Nope, not the top. It is not at the top. It is at the bottom. <laughs> the first so it's like card, the stem. Yes. The, no, the first okay. card is not the stem. Oh, shit. The last card. So the last card is the stem. The first card is the first leaf. So it is on the bottom left, sticking out diagonally. Okay. I'm, so you've got five leaf tips that go basically around in a circle, mm-hmm. circular, with the stem being the last card, number okay. six. Okay. Uh, I'm going to share an image of this on social media. <laughs> because sounds like a great plan sounds like it's going to be necessary okay so card one the summer has ended what is still weighing me down now you're going to work from left to right around to the stem card two how should i shed what no longer serves me card three this one's pointing straight up the equinox is upon us what in my life requires balance to be restored? Card four. How can I best work with the situation ahead? Card five. The last leaf on the bottom right. Shadow work takes time. How do I find light in the darkness? And finally, card six, which is your stem. The harvest is a time to reap what we have sown. What fruitful bounty is ahead wonderful yeah it's really nice you know um, i don't do enough spreads i love a good spread i'm a i'm a single card puller you know 
I love a good spread, whether it's taro or cheese. It always works. Oh, yeah. For sure. For sure. I do a lot of cheese spreads. (laughs) Not so many taro spreads. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Okay. Okay, I have the Autumn Equinox and Justice correspondence, so should I just move on to that and then we'll do the shout-outs? That sounds great. Sounds like a good plan. I'm going to have to pull up Patreon so that I can... Okay. So speaking of tarot, I um, I actually got this idea from one of the um, agendas that I was working with a couple years ago uh, where they would take a card from the tarot deck and correspond it to a sabbat. And um, I found them to be really great in offering some extra guidance as the seasons change. So for the autumn equinox, the tarot correspondence is justice. Here is the correspondence for that. The god returns to the land of the dead as we celebrate the second harvest and main bounty of the year. Our minds turn to preparing for winter. Without modern food preservation techniques, storing food for winter once had a different urgency, one that we probably cannot even imagine, though it still serves as a meaningful metaphor. Mm -hmm. As in the Justice Tarot card, the consequences of our actions and their effects on the future are paramount in our minds. Will what we've done be enough to sustain us through the season of darkness? At the Autumn Equinox, we also focus on forgiveness a kind of divine justice that goes beyond human justice, one threaded through with mercy. Accept the Justice Card's invitation to consider the long-term effects of your thoughts, feelings, and actions. You are, after all, beginning to reap what you have sown. In the midst of expressions of gratitude for the abundance of the world, think about molding the future. We have some time left to honor our responsibility to the cycle of life, and to prepare our lives, both mundane and spiritual, for the cold, dark days to come. Wonderful. Yeah. I think that, I think we just, uh, we just wrapped up some autumn equinox. Yeah. That was great. It was a good one. It was I good. learned some things. I learned some things. Um, I'm going to try that tarot spread. I'm excited about that. Um, I definitely think I'm going to make this chutney today. It just sounds so good. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think I'm actually going to keep on. um, I always feel a little bit of guilt when I cover history, mythology, and folklore because I obviously can't cover it all. Mm -hmm. So I, I bounce around to different regions but I'm always like, okay, but I, I didn't cover this and I didn't cover there and I didn't cover over here and I didn't cover over there. But I can do that on my own time and I'm actually really yeah. looking forward to doing that. I was going to say, I don't think you should feel that way because, I mean, I think you do a great job of covering well, thank you. Um, different. I mean, the last Sabbath episode, we uh, you covered Native Americans. Um, well, some of them. Know? Yeah. Some, yeah. But – See, that's the thing again. It's coming back. I'm like, I didn't do it all though. But you can't. Let's let's sit here for 18 hours so I can Uh feel better about my work. And then you still probably wouldn't be able to cover them all. So you're doing great. Thanks. 
Thanks. But Stop I am talking bad about my friend. <laughs> but I, I am <laughs> I am looking forward to doing some more because it's 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 extremely interesting. Extremely interesting. Good, good, good. So shout out time. I have a few. Okay. Actually. So first, um, and foremost, we have two new Patreons. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michelle Fry and Jessica Wine. Hello, Michelle and Jessica. You guys are amazing. We love you. Yes, we do love you. Wonderful. Um, Jessica has the most beautiful blue hair. Oh, my God. It's actually, wait a minute. Hold on. Michelle has amazing hair, too, now that I think about it. That's right. She has, like. They um, both have. Yeah. Beautiful technicolor hair. I love it. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. You're right. I'm sorry, Michelle. <laughs> I, I I lost myself for a moment there. Your hair is pretty amazing too. Um, the next person I would like to shout out to is actually my daughter's theater teacher. Oh, yeah. She apparently listens to our podcast. So I yeah, I did hear that. Hello, Miss Tice. Hello. <laughs> Um, that is pretty bizarre to me, but also thank you. And uh, the final shout out I have is to my beloved cousin, Brad. He has listened to every one of our episodes. I think I, I think I know who Brad is on social media. I bet you do. Yeah. I like, I like that you like us. (laughs) Yeah. Um, He's so supportive and really wonderful, and he has his own uh, little altar set up in his garage, which I think is great. Um, he's the the uh, crystal hoarder of his family. <laughs> oh, that's cool. I like that. Yes, and his children's names are the best ever. Um, he has Elowen, Christoph, and Rowan, and they're just beautiful names. Those are amazing names. I love them very much. Yeah. So shout out to all of you lovely people. And uh, thank you for listening to us. We are extremely grateful. For sure. I can't imagine um, what it would feel like um, doing this over and over again on a weekly basis. And then also doing the work that we do on, um, you know, social media and Patreon and having (laughs) no indication that it is having any effect on anyone whatsoever. Oh my gosh, seriously. <laughs> no feedback, nothing. I'm <laughs> just like, uh, uh, should we keep going? I don't know. Uh, so it, it, I can't, you know, like I, I, I really mean it when I say that I am so, so, so appreciative of the support and the feedback. Yeah. Every single one of you are amazing humans. So, all right. Well, can I read a poem? Yes, please do. I didn't write it. <laughs> That's okay. Poetry is still amazing. Yeah. I was just using this um, poem that I think I'm going to post and I just, I just really like it. It's by Alexander Posey. It's called Autumn. So I figured mm-hmm. I'd read it here since I'm going to be posting it anyway. Wonderful. Okay. So it goes in the dreamy silence of the afternoon. A cloth of gold is woven over wood and prairie, and the jaybird, newly fallen from the heaven, scatters cordial greetings, 
and the air is filled with scarlet leaves that, dropping, rise again as ever, with a useless sigh for rest, and it is autumn. That is a short but sweet poem. I love that. Yes. Wonderful. Shit. You know, in college, I studied poetry, and I forget sometimes how much I love it. Oh yeah. <sighs> well, all right. Well, another one uh, on the books. Let's get that. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next time, y'all. See you next time. <laughs> oh, there's a button. Somewhere is a button. There it is. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at The Hearth and Hedge, on our website, thehearthandhedge.com, or email us at thehearthandhedge at gmail.com. Our address is The Hearth and Hedge, P.O. Box 397, Cherry Hill, New Jersey, 08003. We also have a Patreon, which you can find at patreon.com slash thehearthandhedge. If you like what you hear, consider leaving us a review wherever you find your podcasts. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at The Hearth and Hedge, on our website, thehearthandhedge.com, or email us at thehearthandhedge at gmail.com. Motherfucking goddammit. Can you hear that? Are we done with the door? Okay, give me like 45 seconds, okay, of silence, please. Okay, you can find us.